Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. And I want you to open your Bible with me. First Samuel, we're going to be moving into chapter 3 now. And this is the third week of our Raising Samuel series. If you're just tuning in um, or maybe visiting for the first time, this series is all about the call of God. One of the things that God does in difficult times and dark times is he calls his people out. He raises people up just like he raised Samuel to bring about change. God loves to use his people on the earth to bring about change. And today's message really zeroes in on our today. When we think about the call of God and the necessity of the call of God right here and right now, it really zeroes in on our today, our current cultural climate, our current spiritual climate. It zeroes in on our today. I think the parallels are absolutely undeniable. So I want to read uh, first. Samuel, we're going to begin with uh, a chapter 2, verse 35, kind of picking up from last week, and then we'll jump into uh, uh, chapter 3. So remember that in this very dark time in the history of Israel, here's what God said he would do. He said, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. Everybody say, I am a priest. Yes, you are. If you are a Christian, you are part of the royal priesthood. The priesthood is not just about the people who are on the platform. We are all part of the royal priesthood and we all have a role to play. So we have to elevate, I say this all of the time, we have to elevate the priesthood of the believer as the, is the way the Bible describes it. We have to step into the call of God on our lives and we have to recognize that we are all part of the royal priesthood of God. And it says, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. Answering the call of God is all about living your life to follow and obey and honor what is in God's heart and in God's mind. And God says, I will firmly establish his priestly house. And they will minister before my anointed one always. How many know Jesus is the Messiah? Jesus is the anointed one. Anybody ready to minister to the anointed one today? That's why we came in here. That's what we're called to do. When we go out from this place, when you live the call of God, you are ministering to Christ himself. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, let's see what he says. 1 Samuel chapter 3 now begins like this. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. 
Okay, we know the story. If you don't know the story, please go back, read, starting in chapter one, all of it, keep reading ahead. And in addition to that, please listen to these messages. They're very, very important. It says, in those days, notice that this is bold because in a way, this is part of the key text of this passage. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Stop right here. I, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, we talked about this last week, but I can't help but make the parallel between his physical eyes and his spiritual eyes. Even if your physical eyes go weak, how many know your spiritual eyes don't have to be weak? Okay, but this is what was actually happening in the nation of Israel. Leaders, even leaders like me, their eyes can grow weak. We can, leaders like me can backslide, you see? And we could stop discerning what God is saying and doing. And we could miss out on the call of God. My wife and me, it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Now, it keep, next slide. So it says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. How many know, brothers and sisters, God still calls his people? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet. Everybody say yet. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Very important. A third time, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Okay, by the way, this is why we need people in our lives to help us on this journey, okay? Even a minister who is struggling, no matter what, listen with good ears because you have no idea where great godly truth can come from. Pay attention. It says, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I believe that sometime way back, In his life, this is what Eli did. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at at the other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, 
for your servant is listening. May the Lord bless his word today. Now I want to pray, but, we, but before we pray, I need to explain what was happening. Once again, Samuel was born into a climate that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Okay? Very much like today. When everyone does what is right in their own eyes, they start to create what archaeologists describe in the natural as a creeping natural disaster. This creeping natural disaster is undeniably the worst disaster, natural disaster of them all. And that natural disaster is a drought. So there was a drought, but not of rain, not of, 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 of the, the, the waters opening up, but there was a drought of the word of God. Droughts are very, very powerful. We did some research and droughts over time have literally brought down civilizations and brought down empires. In the 1930s, there was a great drought here in the Midwest and the Midwest turned into the, what they called the Dust Bowl. Okay, and so all over the Midwest, the, 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 the dirt and the sand was like feet high because the rain stopped falling. And when the rain stops falling, people stop eating. People start to starve. And the impact of the absence of natural rain is so devastating. And what God is saying to us today, brothers and sisters, is that at this time, there was a drought of the voice of God. There was a drought of the voice of God. And I believe that today, we're seeing what happens when there's a drought of the voice of God. When there's a drought of the voice of God, cities end up looking like the city of Chicago. When there's a drought of the voice of God, nations end up looking like America. There's, there's, there's anger and there's division and there's, there's a, 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 the absence of love. And, and there's so little progress and there's chaos and there's looting and there's breaking of windows and setting cars on fire. Why? It's because there's a drought of the word of God. People go crazy when there's a drought. You know that, right? People go crazy when there's a natural drought and people go crazy when there's a spiritual drought. In fact, Christians go crazy when there's a spiritual drought. Now, I want to I pray in just a moment, but I want to say a couple of things to you about this. You need to pay very close attention. You need to pay close attention because a drought is, is a national event or it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it impacts a region, um, but 
ultimately it hits the individual. And so, so what we're talking about, well, could you put the picture back up of the cracked ground? Yes, what we're talking about is the fact that there might be people in this room, in the other, at the other campus, there might be people listening online that your spiritual heart, like if we could pull back and see, spiritually speaking, what the ground of our lives look like, the ground of our lives could look like this. No water, no voice. No voice from heaven. This is what your heart could end up looking like. And can I tell you something? I, I rarely say this, but you ever know, but I need to say it today. You ever, you ever see those passages where Jesus would be in a place, and while he was in that place, the Bible literally says he couldn't do miracles because of how much unbelief there was. How could Jesus be in a place and not be able to do miracles? It's because the Holy Spirit is so quenched by the dry, unbelieving hearts of people. And the Bible says, in the last days shall the Son of Man find faith on the earth. The Bible says that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. What does that describe to you? A spiritual drought. So as you listen, you need to listen with the kind of heart that says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Come on, anybody, we don't want a drought. We want the rain of heaven to fall. Somebody say amen. And so the title of the message today is We Need His Voice. Everybody say, I need your voice. Brothers and sisters, we need his voice. Young people, what you need is the voice of God in your life. You need his voice more than any other voice. You need the voice of God. God brought you here so you could hear. You need his voice. If when you have the voice of God, you have everything. Israel travels through the desert of Egypt. No water, no food, no anything. But guess what they had? They had the voice of God. And God spoke and water came out of a rock. And God spoke and manna fell from heaven. And God spoke and quail showed up. Because when you have the voice of God, you have everything. Brothers and sisters, we need his voice. We have to get desperate for the voice of God. His voice is the way that we step into the call of God. And his voice is the way that we live out the call of God. You can't do it. If the only voice in your life is your voice, you will miss the call of God. Come on, somebody say amen to that. We need his voice. <laughs> Lastly, and I want to pray. So we got a text from a, a young professional, a woman who lives in Portland, Oregon. She's watching, you know, tuning into the series. And you could hear, I've been praying for her. Because you could hear the hunger that she has to live out the call of God. She's not in full-time ministry. I'm not talking about full-time ministry. I'm talking about the call of God upon your life. Wherever you go to work, uh, uh, not tomorrow, but the next day. Wherever you go to work, you are there 
as someone who has been called by God if you're a child of God. And you could hear the hunger. So you know what I'm praying for? I'm praying for the voice of God in her life. And I'm praying for the voice of God in our lives. See, look, there was a time when Jesus, going back to what I said, there was a time when Jesus would go to do, do a miracle and the people couldn't receive because their hearts were too dry. You see, maybe part of the reason, if, if, if you come to church or, or if you're one of those people who habitually comes to church late, and I'm preaching at it today. If you're one of those people who comes to church late or you come to church and you're like just waiting to hear the message, but you don't want to worship God and, and you don't fully, you're not fully engaged and you're not like the woman who's making the thing and serving here and serving there. You're not ministering to the Lord all the time. Maybe it's because the heart is dry. Maybe it's because the ground is dry. You know, the last thing you want to say to when you preach, you never want to discourage people. But can I tell you something? I'm going to answer to God. And no, 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 I don't want you to clap. Don't clap for that. But listen, the time is short and the times are intense and they're dark. But even though they're dark for the world, they don't have to be dark for the child of God. We are children of the light. We are children of love. We are children of blessing. How many would say amen? How many believe that today? Love, light, blessing, prosperity, victory. It is not possible without the voice of God. God, make us hungry for your voice. So let me pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone who will take in this message. And Lord, I pray that our hearts would not be places of famine and drought. But I pray for the rain of the word of God in our lives. Let it rain on Chicago Tabernacle. Let it rain on my brothers and sisters, Lord, across the country, across the globe. Father, you know we prayed, let it rain on a, a Belmont Assembly. Let it rain on Oasis Church. Let it rain on black churches. Let it rain on Filipino churches. Let it rain on Spanish churches. Let it rain on churches in the suburbs. Let it rain on every Romanian church. Let the rain of the word of God, let the rain of the spirit fall, oh God, uh, upon our land. Let the voice of God be heard and let it be received. May your people walk out the call of God in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Now, this message is interesting because God's word is, it's, it's mystical, it's spiritual, and yet it's immensely practical. The word of God, the voice of God is very, very practical. And here's what we need to understand. We need to understand that his voice is his word and the word is Christ. Okay? His voice is the word of God and the word is Christ himself. 
So we're going to unpack hearing the voice of God today, but we have to begin with the fundamental understanding of the voice of God. His voice is the word of God. And the word of God is Christ himself. Let me prove it to you. Hebrews chapter 1 puts it this way. In the past, going back to the book of Samuel, in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also, he made the universe. The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his what? Powerful word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Your Bible is Christ himself. Your Bible is the word of God and the voice of God made available to you on a very, in a very practical way, in a very basic way. And when we seek God for his voice by consistently opening up the word of God, I'm telling you right now, spiritual, mystical transactions start to take place where you hear the voice of God. So the word of God is so powerful Everybody say, me and my Bible can go a very long way. That's right. Me and my Bible. Me and my Bible can go a very long way. Because when, you, when you're familiar with the Bible, when you love the Bible, when you embrace the Bible, when you take in the Bible, you're taking in the voice of God. And when you're being led by the voice of God, powerful things happen. It's through the voice of God that powerful and, and practical manifestations of God's will actually unfold in our lives. Let me give you a quick example from the life of Martin Luther, the father of the Great Reformation. So in the 1500s, there was another drought of the word of God. And people were all confused the word of God became political. It was politicized. The word of God was, was so uh, uh, tampered with and dismantled and dishonored that people were thinking the way to serve God had nothing to do with the way to serve God. And then a great reformation came out through a priest who God spoke to. God spoke to him three times. And on three different occasions, because there's something uh, progressive uh, 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 about hearing the voice of God. So Martin Luther uh, was a, a priest, a monk, and he really wanted to honor God, but he was confused and he was battling. And when he was in Wittenberg, journey, uh, Germany, while he was studying, there, there was a verse that he read, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And when God spoke that to him, he got this incredible revelation. And he said, wait a second. People were living in sin and then going to the priest and paying for something called indulgences. 
And they were acting like they could pay their way out of their sin. How many know there's only one payment for sin and it's the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can pay for sin. And so there was so much of this strange form of legalism. Legalism means that you're outwardly trying to gain God's approval. There's no way to gain God's approval except putting your faith in Jesus Christ and following him. How many would say amen? And so he started to learn it's not by all of the rules and regulations. You'll never serve God based on rules and regulations. And so he got to just, we'll live by faith. And then listen, he was in Bologna, Italy. And while sick, he had another personal revelation because here's what happens. See, you and I struggle with stuff. We struggle with stuff. And when we struggle with stuff, we're struggling with different lies that we've accepted and have lodged themselves in our mind and in our heart. But the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you get transformed by the renewing of your mind? You need the word of God. You see? And so, so he had this legalism in him. And so while he was sick, he thought, thought, I might die. And when he thought, I might die, he thought about all the things he didn't do right. All of the failing. He's like, oh no, I'm not going to be accepted into heaven. And oh no, and he's thinking. And the spirit of the Lord, because he was reading the Bible, quickened, guess what? The just shall live by faith. And when the word spoke that to him, he said, that's right. I'm not going to heaven because I'm good. I'm going to heaven because Jesus is good. Good enough to give his life for me so that I could be declared not guilty. Hallelujah. How many are thankful we are not guilty because of what Christ has done? So it set him free from, from that. And then look, this was all in the same year. So he goes to Rome. And at the time, the Catholic church was communicating to people in mass that they had transferred, I don't know how they did this, but the uh, steps of Pontius Pilate, they transferred them to Rome. And anyone that would crawl up those steps, anyone that would crawl up those steps, when they got to the top of the steps, they would somehow be forgiven. So Martin Luther, who battles with legalism, he's crawling up the steps, and then the Spirit speaks to him. See, if you don't have the word, how's the Spirit going to speak to you? So the Spirit speaks to him while he's crawling up the steps, and he goes, what kind of crazy, ridiculous, superstitious nonsense is this? And he felt like a fool, and at the same time, he was set free. And so while he's crawling up, he gets the revelation. And, and then guess what? Right after this, then Martin Luther got lit. He was set on fire. And after that, he nailed the 99 or 95 uh, 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 statements on the, the doors of the church. And it sparked a great reformation, a great revival of which we are our benefactors of. We are blessed by the revelation that God gave to Martin Luther that says the just shall live by faith. And can I tell you something? There's a word that God wants to speak to you that will bless way more people than you realize, beginning with you. But we got to hear his voice. 
the voice of God is so crucial. And we need to understand that it is the word of God. When you hear the voice of God, things break and things change. There's a man of God right in our church. Years ago, a lot of things were going well in his life. But we had a meeting, and I said something simple to him. I said, you can't serve two masters. You're going you're gonna to hate one and love the other. And Jesus, you got to serve. And you know what? It, like, it, it startled him. Today, he's such an incredible man of God. It wasn't that I said it. It was that it was the word of God. See, it's not that you say it. It's that God says it through you. And when God says it through you, we'll talk more about this last week. The main thing that he's saying is his living word. That's why we need the Bible. But powerful things happen when people hear. You want stuff to break in your life, you need the voice of God. You want things to change in your life, you need the voice of God. God has to speak to you. You've got to receive the word of God. So what does God show us here in this passage about his voice? Number one, hearing God's voice takes time. He started as a little boy, and the Bible says that, that Samuel was ministering to the Lord. It was his practice. It was his routine. And over time, the voice of God became clear to Samuel and known. You'll see. Part of what this is saying is there's nothing routine about godly routines. Okay? There's nothing routine about a godly routine. Samuel was growing up in the Lord's house. And since he was growing up in the Lord's house, he was consistently ministering to the Lord. So let me ask you a question. Have you ministered to the Lord this week? And has the Lord ministered to you? Have you taken in the word of God? Brothers and sisters, we need the voice of God. And when we say we need the voice of God, it means that we need to spend the time to open the Bible and get the voice of God. There are routines and then there's routines, but godly routines are supernatural opportunities for you and I. And when you develop a godly routine of just trying to seek God so that you could receive the voice of God, it is a supernatural, transformational opportunity in your life. And it's something that grows. Godly, there's a, there's a time, there's, a, there's a, 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 an ear that you grow for the voice of God. Look at what Dallas Willard said. This is powerful. The fact that we do not hear does not mean that God is not speaking to us. Messages from radio and television programs are passing through our bodies and brains at all hours of the day. Messages that an appropriately tuned receiver could pluck from the very air we breathe. We are not attuned to God's voice. Listen to what he says. At first, we must be told that God is speaking to us and possibly even be helped to, even be helped to detect his voice, just like Samuel. Only later do we distinguish and recognize his voice as his voice. That ability comes only with experience. Okay, if they could send the keyboard player. So look, look. 
If you seek God at night, if you read your Bible at night every day, everybody say every day. Or if you seek God in the morning, right? There's, a, there's this thing about developing the routine of saying, I'm here to seek you and I'm here to hear from you. I'm here to minister to you. You guys want a supernatural life? I'm telling you right now. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what you battle with. Doesn't matter where you've been. We have X everything in this church. Okay? Doesn't matter what you might, what you're afraid of, what has stung you, or, or, or like really burned you deep inside of your heart. And I know that, that young people go through deep stuff like never before. But you know what can overcome all of that? It's hearing God's voice. You go home tonight, you go, go take a walk, you go, you go to a park, you get alone, and you start to minister to the Lord. I just want to be where you are. I just want to hear your heart. There is nothing like your love, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And it's not just for you. It's the same for me today. It's the same for my wife. It's the same for every person in this church. Anyone that will say, I want to minister to you and I want to hear from you. A sister in Portland, she's going to hear the voice of God. She's going to hear his voice. There's nothing routine about godly routines. Listen, if you consistently go after him day by day, you're going to hear his voice. The more you consistently read, the more you learn how to live, not in the flesh, but in the spirit. The more you consistently worship, the more you're led by the spirit and not by the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. How did Paul know? How did Paul know or the other disciples they're walking? Heal this one. Stop. Rebuke that devil. Go over here. Go to Macedonia. He received them. How did he do that? Consistent. They had a, they had a Hebrew version of this. <laughs> I just want to be where you are. Samuel ministered to the Lord. You want to live out the call of God? I'm telling you right now. I declare this to you. You want to live out the call of God? Minister to the Lord. And say, God, I want to hear from you. You want to do your kids a favor? You want to do your grandkids a favor? Minister to the Lord. And hear the voice of God. You know, i got to throw in a quick sports illustration. I'm almost done here. But listen, how do you win five NBA rings? Kobe Bryant won five the late Kobe Bryant, he won five NBA rings. There's a story about him, which people didn't know was his routine. So in the Olympics, what, what was that? In the 2013 Olympics, Kobe Bryant called one of the trainers at 4.15 a.m. And he said, come meet me at the gym. So he worked out with the trainer. The trainer left probably about, I don't know, let's say six o'clock, the trainer left. The trainer goes does, takes a nap, does whatever. There was a scrimmage game. LeBron James, uh, 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 all of the stars are there. So the trainer comes back at, you know, I don't know, let's say 
And he sees everyone there, and Kobe's over there. And he goes over to Kobe, he goes, hey, Kobe, that was a great workout, man. He goes, yeah, thanks, and he's working out. Then he says to Kobe, hey, um, when did you get back? He said, what do you mean, when did I get back? And he's shooting. He goes, uh, yeah, when did you leave the gym, come back to the gym? He said, I never left. I've been here. And then he went and played the game and smoked them, <laughs> as we say. So then it turns out that Kobe had this practice that whenever he went into a new city, and professional athletes, they fly into cities at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. You, you know, it's not all glitz and glamour. It's a tough business. Well, it turns out that no matter what city he went into, no matter what time he would go in, Kobe Bryant had a gym open for him. Land in, land in uh, Chicago at 2 in the morning, he had a gym ready, and he would go work out and shoot before, before he would play the next day. Every city, that was Kobe's way. One day, he was going, I don't know where they were, and he was going, and this rookie, who he saw real promise in, this rookie said, uh, um, hey, uh, where are you going, Kobe? What are you going to, no, Kobe said to him, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm going to go over here. He says, no, you're not. You're coming with me. Three in the morning. They went and worked out. Today, that guy's the star of the Knicks. And guess what he does? Every city he goes into, he has an open gym. And guess what? All of the Knicks are working out. And listen, I grew up a Knicks fan, and they need to work out like that. That's why they're in the playoffs right now. Let me tell you. See? But that's a natural routine. What about a godly routine? I just want to be where you are, Lord. Here's the last thing, and we're going to close. Hearing God's voice happens in a place. He was near the ark, in the presence, near the ark. The ark required, was called the presence of God. He laid down near the ark. He was, he was, he was uh, uh, in the house of God, near the literal presence of God, the ark of God. Why? Because hearing God's voice, it, it requires a place. Now, in our case, that place is our heart. Look at what 1 Corinthians 3.16 says. It says, do you not, do, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? So guess what? If you want to, hearing the voice of God takes a place and it takes, it, it means that that place in our case now in the New Testament, it's our hearts. But your heart also has to be in the right place. You see? You have to put your heart in the place to hear from God. If your heart is constantly in the wrong places, then you'll be more like Eli than Samuel. You see? Samuel was there too, but Samuel wasn't hearing. Something happened. Something happened. Okay, and it cannot happen to us. I know that this is an intense series, but this is, we gotta receive the word of the Lord. It cannot happen to us. We cannot get dry. We cannot get weak eyes. We need strong spiritual eyes. We need open ears. And that happens, how? By our hearts being the right place. One more quick quote to you. 
Then we're going to pray. F.B. Meyer put it this way. The word of God is the wire along which the voice of God will certainly come to you if the heart is hushed and the attention is fixed. So as I go to close, what do I mean by a place? It means that we have to take the time to put our hearts like his mother did in the place to hear from God. Here's what that means for the young people, okay? It means that sometimes you're gonna have an option to do something social or do something just you and the Lord. And you'll know, here's how, okay? You'll know because there are moments you know your heart is getting healthy when you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. You know that your, your heart is getting healthy when you're throughout the day and you almost feel the Spirit of God saying, come alone with me. Come alone with me. And when you make that switch and you say, God, I just want to be where you are. All of a sudden, your heart becomes the presence of God. It's like the tabernacle of God comes down. Build me a tabernacle so that I might dwell among my people. You know what tabernacle means? It means dwelling place of God. We are the dwelling place of God. And you know what? It means that we have been built by God to receive his voice. Lift your hands with me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Online, wherever you are, don't let anything stop you from lifting your hands and reaching out to God. God is looking down from heaven. He wants to fill hearts today. He wants to speak to hearts today. Even when the land is dry, how do we know he is the author of rain? If your heart is dry today, don't worry about the past because he wants the drought to be over. And we're in the place to receive. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.